I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all ready for Christmas, which is, of course, just around the corner. And in true uh, Simu fashion, I've left everything till the last minute. I've been rushing around all day trying to get things sorted, trying to get things in line uh, ahead of, uh, of course, Sunday. And it's Christmas Eve tomorrow and you won't be surprised to know that I've still got more uh, to do. I also managed to somehow rile uh, Arsenal Twitter earlier today by suggesting that Christmas dinner is overrated and that I'd much rather have uh, a Cypriot barbecue, essentially, uh, with all the Greek trimmings over turkey and Brussels sprouts. That did not go down well. I mean, I knew there would be people that disagreed with me when I tweeted it, but I didn't think uh, so many would come at me the way they did. Why is everybody so precious? about Christmas dinner. Anyway, who knows? Um, good to see you all. Good to see so many of you in the live chat. Uh, big hello to Henry, who says, uh, good evening, H. Uh, come on, you gunners. Going to come over to say hello on Boxing Day. That's if you're not going to be in the posh seats again. I will be in my seat uh, on Boxing Day. So that's row 16, uh, seat 193, block six. You can come over and say hello. I will be there. I'm going to Arsenal versus West Ham as a fan. So no work for me. Not going to be in the press box. I'm going to be in my season ticket spot. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to that because actually the last few games prior to the, uh, the the sort of World Cup break, I was in the press box. And as much as I love that and as much as I love my job and I acknowledge that, you know, I'm really lucky to be in that position and to be able to get to do that for work. I do miss kind of watching the game just as a fan, without having to hold back on my emotions in any way, shape or form. And and I miss being around friends, you know, um, sitting uh, and standing, I should say, alongside people that I've been watching the Arsenal with for years now. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to being there on Boxing Day. I really, really am. Uh, let's say a few more hellos. Uh, hi to Zebic. Uh, hi to Adam, who has just signed up. Uh, to become a member on YouTube. Adam, thank you so, so much. He says, happy holidays, Harry. Joining from New York City and just signed up uh, for membership. Been listening to the pods for almost a year. Keep up the great work. And of course, come on, you gunners. Adam, thank you so, so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great Christmas. Uh, love to all uh, your family as well. Hope you guys have a great one. Uh, Moss says, hope you're not trying to panic us here. Did Martinelli's contract get done then, Harry? Saliba and Saka need to sign up. Now, that brings me on to the headline of today's podcast, the title of today's podcast, which is William Saliba's Arsenal contract talks stall. Maybe I've leaned a little bit into the over the top um, section with the headline. I, I don't know. No, I mean, I think that the talk, the talks have stalled based on what we've read today, based on what Gunner blog uh, has told us in The Athletic. Uh, he put a great piece out today. Uh, it was titled, if you haven't looked at it, I, I highly recommend it, Saka, Martinelli and Saliba's Arsenal contract extensions. Why is it taking so long? And he goes on to talk about the situation that the club find themselves in, to talk about the individual cases involving those three mentioned players, but also some of the youngsters. He talks about Charlie Patino, whom Arsenal 
are expected to trigger a two-year extension on his contract, having been impressed with the progress that he's made. Uh, there's mention of Ethan Waneri, who a lot of other clubs are said to be looking at. Uh, Miles Lewis Skelly is another young player that the Gunners want to keep hold of, want to tie down, but will face competition over. But I guess the big thing to take away from this story for me was the Saliba stuff. Now, we talked earlier this week, I think it was, about Martinelli and about the fact that it seemed as though Arsenal had come to some sort of agreement with the Brazilian and that he would be on a salary something around £200,000 a week uh, moving forward when that deal was signed. Now, what you've got to remember, is, and, and Gunnar Blog highlights this in the, in, the, uh, in the piece, I think, really, really well. A lot of the time we hear players say things, right? So Gabriel Martinelli said, not too long ago, when asked about his Arsenal future, would he sign a new contract? He said, all I need is a pen. And you're probably sitting there and thinking, well, if that's the case, why hasn't it been done yet? You know, why are we talking eight, nine weeks down the line about the potential of this being, you know, close, but not quite there yet? Why have we not seen any concrete progress? And the thing that Gunner Blog highlights, and I think is really important for people to remember, is that actually... It's not the player that you're dealing with. It's not the player with whom you have direct conversations. Now, ultimately, agents are employed by the players. And so you'd think that, you know, if the player wants to stay, then that should be a pretty easy negotiation to do. But agents always want to get the maximum for their clients. The more they get from their, for their clients, the more they benefit for the, from the particular deal as well. So there's obviously something to gain in that sense from them also. But, you know, a lot of players will pass those negotiations over to their representatives. They will say, look, I want to stay at this club, make it happen. But that doesn't mean that the agent's going to crumble really, really easily. And that doesn't mean that the agent is just going to accept the first offer that a club put forward. So, you know, I, I think that what we heard about Martinelli earlier in the week uh, is accurate. And I think that it's just a matter of time on that one. The Saka one, Feels like that's rumbling on in the background as well, but feels as though it's a little bit more complicated, given that we've not heard any uh, murmurings of that one being even remotely close just yet. But as I say, the bit that caught my eye in this piece today was um, was the, the point about William Saliba. And I think this is really, really important. And this is something that I think is going to tell us a lot about Arsenal and whether they actually have changed, whether they actually have, um, you know, made adjustments behind the scenes and whether they do really value this idea and this notion of building up a really strong young team and and taking them on to great heights over the course of the next four or five maybe more seasons and um and yeah look i mean william saliba situation let me read you the bit that that gunner blog uh, wrote about it and then you can you can kind of take of that what you will uh, hold on a second. Where is it? Doo -doo -doo. Let me just find it. Um, so uh, he says that William Saliba is another one in ongoing contract talks to extend his contract. He says that Ramsdale has begun discussions over a revised uh, deal to reflect his status as the number one goalkeeper. He talks about the contract issues that need resolving beyond the first team as well. I'm just trying to find that line on Saliba. Bear with me. I should have highlighted it uh, a little bit earlier on. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. So for a young player like Saliba, there is effectively a sliding scale in place. 
The longer the club want him to commit for, the more they have to pay. This is effectively the inverse of what tends to happen with older players, where the length of the contract is more desirable than the basic pay. And this is the key bit. One of the reasons Saliba's contract remains unsigned for now is that Arsenal are not offering a wage his representatives consider commensurate with the long deal the club want to tie him to. And so talks go on. So what what they're saying essentially is that for William Saliba to sign on the dotted line and commit his long-term future for Arsenal, uh, to Arsenal, I should say, he wants a salary that reflects the size of the commitment that he is making. And I think in William Saliba's case, it's a bit different, right? I mean, look at Bukayo Saka, okay? Ever since he broke into the team, he's been the golden boy. He's been playing. He's been, um, you know, he's been the focal point in a lot of ways. He's been somebody that the media focus on. Obviously, being an England international, I think, really helps in that sense. Um, And he's seen as a bit of a poster boy for the club. When you look at William Saliba, his path to where he is today has been very, very different. You know, signed from St. Etienne, loaned back to St. Etienne, spent some time, obviously, um, with Nice after he should have gone out on loan earlier on in the season. And Arsenal completely messed that up. Arsenal and Arteta have admitted as much, pretty much, since that happened. So, you know, he then went on loan to Marseille. And there was a lot of speculation as to whether he'd ever have a future at Arsenal. You know, would he ever come back to this club and be somebody who is regarded as one of the key figures? There was talk that Mikel Arteta didn't like him, that Mikel Arteta didn't rate him, that Mikel Arteta wasn't, you know, a big fan of his character and and various other things. But he's come back this season. I don't know if anybody saw that Monday night football special on Sky Sports with Mikel Arteta and Jamie Jamie Carragher. I watched it last night finally got around to seeing it. But one of the things that Mikel Arteta says, and he's not speaking, you know, he's not sitting there trying to woo William Saliba. He's not sitting there blowing smoke up his ass. He's not doing any of that. But what he does say in passing, as he talks about what he brings to the team and his incredible attributes and the calmness and composure he brings, he says, you know, we had some ideas. And then when William Saliba comes and has shown the development that he had, you got no choice, really, but to throw him in. And he's what he's hinting at is the fact that I think he's been pleasantly surprised by what's come from William Saliba. But all the while, while all of that was going on, while William Saliba was out playing his football elsewhere. And I think look, he'll be the first to admit now, probably, that actually the loan spell at Marseille last season has made him a much better player. And that's why, having come into the Premier League, he's had an instant impact and been regarded as one of the best centre-backs in the league at his tender age. But I think there will be a part of William Saliba, a small sort of voice in the back of his head that says, this club haven't always been convinced about me. Am I 100% convinced about them? And I think Arsenal are doing lots and lots of the right things. They're bringing in the right types of players. They've become infinitely more competitive on the pitch. They've become um, the top dog in the Premier League as it stands currently. We might not be there come the end of the season. But, you know, we're top of the league. We're five points clear. Mikel Arteta has won lots of people over. People feel as though this is a club with a strong manager in place, a strong structure and a really exciting young group. And the possibilities are endless. This team could go on and do so much. This team 
if they continue on the same trajectory and are given time to breathe with a few world-class additions, could go on and win it all. That's how good this team could potentially be. And William Saliba, I think, has seen that. You know, I think he's realised what a huge global entity Arsenal Football Club are. I think he's realised how important it is if you want to hit really high levels as a footballer that you're at clubs like this. I mean, Marseille are a big club in their own right. They're a huge club in France. Saint-Étienne, with whom he begun his career, are a really big club as well in France. But Arsenal are a global club. Arsenal are a club that there is interest in in every corner of the globe. And I think, you know, having gone on pre-season tours now and having experienced all the rest of it, I think William Saliba will have realised actually this is one hell of a football club and probably is quite happy and content at the moment. But there will be that bit of reservation in the back of his mind as to whether this is the right decision for him because of, you know, what's happened in the past. I don't blame him for, for wanting to take his time and thinking about it. I don't blame him for not being entirely sure about how he's seen and how he's perceived by Mikel Arteta and by those who make the decisions at the club. But by that same token, you know, he's not, you know, there, there are not many bigger clubs in, in European football that you can go to have this much exposure and, you know, and sort of be a first team regular week in, week out um, at this age. There are not many clubs of Arsenal size that are willing to give youth a chance in the way that we do. And so this feels like the perfect place for him right now. It's a team that can go on and achieve stuff. It's a team that's moving in the right direction. He's still young enough to go elsewhere afterwards if he doesn't fulfil, um, you know, all his uh, wants and objectives at Arsenal Football Club. But it's a big, big club and it's a big old club to learn your trade at and to, to make a name for yourself at. I mean, people in the Premier League outside of Arsenal fans weren't all that interested in William Saliba last season. But now you mention the name William Saliba and everybody's ears perk up. Everybody's intrigued. Everybody's in awe of how great and how brilliant he's been. But as I say, I understand why he will want to get the maximum out of this. And if his agents and if his representatives are clever, which I'm sure they are, otherwise they wouldn't be handling such a high profile athlete. They will use the fact that Arsenal sent him out on loan on multiple occasions. And they will use the fact that Arsenal got it wrong with uh, sort of not sending him out on loan after that initial loan spell at, loan spell at St Etienne. They will use the fact that his relationship maybe with Mikel Arteta and the people within the club hasn't always been that strong as a bargaining chip. They will use it to try and squeeze as much as they possibly can out of Arsenal Football Club so that their client gets the kind of offer that, you know, he won't even think twice about. That's their job. Their job is to get the maximum for their man. Arsenal's job is to get what they want, but to do it in the most cost-efficient way. Well, I'm sorry, but based on what we've seen of William Saliba so far, and I know the sample size isn't huge, this is the guy with all the makings of a world-class centre-back. I honestly believe he could go on and be one of the best ever, one of the best in the league. I honestly think he's that good. And... Arsenal, if you do have this ambition now to push on and kick on, if it is about going on and eventually winning the Premier League title, and it's not just about getting Champions League qualification so that you can make the books look a bit better and sort of um, help the finances alone. 
if it really is about showing top ambition and it really is about getting this football club back to the summit of English football, then this is the kind of guy that you need to have on board. This is the kind of guy that you need to pay through the nose for. This is the kind of guy that you need to go above and beyond to secure. William Saliba is that player. And I know we've only seen, what, 14 Premier League games so far this season. And I'd be lying if I said I sat down and I watched, um, you know, Marseille regularly and all of that. But, you know, I've seen enough now to know that this is a guy that we need to keep. And I think Arsenal feel like that as well. And and look, the negotiations are, are stall, have stalled at the moment for the reasons that Gunner Bloggers has mentioned. But at no point does it say that the, the negotiations are dead or that they won't continue or that a solution is impossible to reach. I honestly feel like this is going to happen. Um, I think Arsenal will get this done, but I think because of all that's gone on in the past, I think Arsenal are going to need to go just that extra mile in order uh, to get hold of him. Um, what have I got in the chat? Let's see what you guys are saying. Just a quick reminder, actually, while I, I scour through the chat, if you haven't done so already, please do. Uh, leave a uh, like on the video. Um, nowhere near enough of them on there just yet. So leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. That really, really does help. Uh, and leave your thoughts. Of course, if you're watching this on playback, in the comments. If you're not, if you're watching this live, leave them in the live chat and I'll pick up as many of those as I possibly can. John Anderson uh, says, where is it? If I was Saliba, not saliva, but Saliba, I would make Arsenal pay me crazy money after being treated poorly. Make them pay you a lot more. Make it hurt, he says. I wouldn't go that far. I don't want the club to be hurt uh, by William Saliba. But the point I was making is that I understand why he will want a better deal than maybe someone who hadn't gone through what he went through over the past two, three seasons uh, would be accepting of. So, yeah. Um Moss says, glad Harry came around to Moss's thinking when you were slagging off Saliba over a year ago. And Moss was saying, no, no, no. I wasn't slagging William Saliba off. I, I thought that William Saliba needed some time to develop. I said that William Saliba was probably not mature enough. And just because he's come into the team this season and been very, very good, it doesn't mean that he was ready to do that at the start of last season. The other thing you've got to remember as well is that as a centre-back, and, and Mikel Arteta said on the Monday Night Football Special that playing centre-back in the Premier League, in his opinion, is the most difficult position um, you know, out of all of them. So he probably felt that he couldn't take a risk and he couldn't take a gamble on a young centre-half. He had to be convinced that he was at the level. He had to be convinced that he was ready for it. And that year spent at Marseille, playing at a big club where there's a lot of expectation, a lot of pressure, week in, week out, has undoubtedly done William Saliba good. And William Saliba now is a much better player than the William Saliba that left Arsenal on loan, um, not last summer, but the one before. And so I don't think it was wrong at the time to say that he needed more football, that he needed that exposure, that he needed that experience. I don't think it was wrong um, to say that people should be a little bit more chilled on Saliba when they were sort of screaming and shouting and, and ranting and raving about the fact that he wasn't at the football club because we are now reaping the re rewards from that. And if someone comes in, breaks into the French national team, you know, secures his place in the Arsenal starting lineup when fit and available, all after that loan spell, I don't think that that proves the loan was the wrong thing. I think it's the opposite. I think it 
vindicates the decision to send him out on loan to Marseille and to give him that extra bit of time and to now bring him in. But yeah, uh, let's see uh, what you guys are saying in the chat. Robert says, is it my age, but I'm not feeling overconfident for Monday. I seriously worry we make the chances, but only convert a small percentage. Um, yeah, I mean, taking it on to, to Monday just quickly. I'm not massively confident, but I don't think you can ever be confident when your team is coming in off of a break like this one. This is unprecedented, right? We've never seen our team stop in the middle of a season to go off and play at a World Cup and then come back and have to pick up where they left off from. I do worry about the forward thing, obviously. Um, I am concerned about how we're going to live without Gabby Jesus uh, in the coming months. But, you know, let's see how we go. I'm not I'm not underconfident. I'm not nervous at this stage. Um, you know, I also read um, or I was told by a colleague actually earlier this week, and these might be famous last words, that West Ham United are statistically the worst team in the Premier League on Boxing Day. You know, they're not having a great season. They're not somebody that I look at and I fear um, a lot. You know, they've obviously got weapons to hurt us. We heard today, earlier today, that Skimaka and Antonio are doubtful, which is obviously a blow for them, but works well for us, if that is indeed the case by the time Boxing Day comes around. I'm not overly confident, but there's no reason to be fearful, would be what I say. Um, but I think, Rob, you, the, the fact that we're coming into this off of the back of this break makes it really difficult to predict what's going to happen. And then that adds, obviously, to nervousness. Um, let's take uh, what else uh, you guys are saying in the chat. Robert also said, uh, going back to the Saliba point, because I think that's the main kind of theme of this show. He said uh, he served a terrific apprenticeship on loan. I think that's the best way of putting it. Adam says Saliba has been a dream, but it's important to remember it's only been half of one season. He and his agents have some leverage, but Arsenal smart not to break the bank just yet. I mean, let's be clear. When we say that the talks have stalled, it means they've paused. I mean, I've stalled my car lots of times, particularly when I first started driving. And what did I do? I used to switch it off and restart it again. Didn't mean once I stalled that the car was finished and it was done and dusted and I wasn't going to get to my destination. A stalling is just a stalling. It's not the end of the world. And I don't think we need to panic at this point. I don't think anybody's suggesting or saying or claiming that William Saliba is going to leave the football club or that Arsenal aren't going to be able to do this deal. I have faith in the people at the football club nowadays that they will get this deal done. But it's going to take a little bit more from the Gunners. It's going to take a little bit more from the hierarchy. It's going to take a little bit more in terms of finance by the looks of it, because the reason given for this stall in the talks is that the wages that Arsenal are currently offering the player do not reflect and do not sort of marry up to the length of the contract that the club are trying to get him to commit to. And I get that and I understand that. And so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where we end up. We'll see where we go. But, I mean, Mikel Arteta's worked his, his bollocks off, hasn't he, in the last three years to get this squad to where it is today. He has worked incredibly hard. He has taken so much shit from every single direction to get us to this point. There's no way that he won't be in the boardroom campaigning and pushing and fighting for, uh, you know, the, the club to keep hold of players like William Saliba, like Bukayo Saka like Gabriel Martinelli. Look, we are at risk, as every club is when it comes to these contract situations, of losing someone or putting ourselves in a position where we can no longer command top dollar for a player. But 
if we do manage to tie these three down, Saka, Martinelli, Saliba, that would be the statement of all statements. That would be huge. And it would send a message to the rest of Europe that, you know what? We're here, we're back, and we're here to stay. You know, that's that's the message that that would send. So, yeah, let's see where we go. Let's see where we go. Uh, what else have you guys uh, got in uh, the chat for me? Uh, Harvey says, I think the board is the stumbling block. I mean, I don't know that that is. I, I would be lying if I said I did. But what, what we're talking about is essentially a financial disagreement, which is obviously something that always stems, isn't it? from the very top, from the people that control the purse strings. And um, yeah, as I say, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe or, or wouldn't even entertain the idea that this is a Mikel Arteta or Edu thing, that they don't want him, that they are not, um, you know, totally convinced and that they don't feel that he's worth the commitment. I'm sure they do, but it's always about money, isn't it? Money makes the world go round. Uh, just going back to the West Ham game quickly, uh, Creambone says, Eddie's our man and will make the opposition and Arsenal fans eat humble pie. Just watch. I hope you're right, mate. I really, really do. Um, I just wanted to touch on one other story just quickly before I, I disappear disappear uh, off into the night. Um, and that was with regards to Joao Felix. Now, Duncan Castles has been talking about Joao Felix's situation at Atletico Madrid. And he said that Atletico Madrid would actually be willing to allow the player to go out on loan in January. That they would allow him uh, to go out plays football elsewhere as long as his wages were covered so that it would not have FFP implications on them. Now, I said to you guys about two weeks ago that I would go out and I would try and get Joao Felix. I said to you guys that Joao Felix is somebody that I'd be targeting, somebody that I think would replace Gabriel Jesus really well because of his style of play, because of the fact that he can do that tenacious side. He can be that guy that presses people, that hassles people, that, you know, leads a press and, and, you know, he's got that doggedness about him having been at Atletico Madrid under Diego Simeone for such a while. Now, obviously, the two don't see eye to eye, but that's because Diego Simeone doesn't want him to cross the halfway line, basically. But outside of that, I think he's a really good player that we should be looking at and considering if indeed we do have any doubts and reservations about whether Eddie Nketiah can feel the boots of the Brazilian. And when I said that, everybody kept saying to me, people at work, colleagues, friends, no, no, no chance. You don't get Joao Felix for anything less than 80 million. It's absolute madness. There's no way Arsenal would even be uh, in that conversation. There's no way that Arsenal would even uh, consider it because of the finances that would be um, involved. I told you that Atletico were desperate. I told you that Joao Felix is desperate to get out of there. And so if the only way that those two sides and two parties can facilitate that is a loan deal, then you know what? Maybe that story's got legs. And it's not coming from me today. That is coming from Duncan Castles. He says uh, that, of course, uh, Atletico, as I say, would be willing to allow him to go on loan and that the loan fee would be around about eight or so million, which is a small price to pay if it's going to plug a really big hole for us at this moment in time. And the interesting thing about Joao Felix is he's someone that could play in all different positions. He could play anywhere across the front line. So you wouldn't be signing him just to play as a centre forward. And then when Jesus returns, he'd be cast aside and not used and not of any value to us. In fact, he would be someone that could backfill 
a number of those forward positions and would add some much-needed depth and quality, proven quality. Now, Duncan Castle says that Arsenal are interested in doing this. Um, that his, um, he has been considered by Manchester United uh, as uh, a replacement for Ronaldo, um, but apparently discussions with Arsenal are understood to be at a more advanced point. Now, that is not between Arsenal and Atletico. That's between Arsenal and uh, Joao Felix's people. Atletico are said to be uh, looking for a loan fee of about eight million, uh, as I said, with the player's salary to be paid in full. And there would be no contractual obligation to buy the player after that. So, yeah, interesting. Not saying it's happening, not saying we're going to get it done. But I am saying that when I said to everybody two weeks ago that this was an option and people laughed at me, ah, because it seems that Atletico Madrid are willing to play ball. Atletico Madrid are willing to allow the player to go out even on loan because that's how bad the relationship is between he and Diego Simeone. And there is a need, as was mentioned by the Atletico Madrid CEO, Gil Marino, a little while ago, there is a need to, to move him on and there is a need to just get this situation resolved. So why not take advantage of it if we think we can? But let's see. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I am going to leave it there because um, it's the Friday before Christmas. It's Christmas Eve Eve. Um, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to spend some time with a family uh, before it all goes absolutely bonkers again uh, with football uh, starting on Boxing Day as far as the Gunners are concerned. But we will be back tomorrow for a Christmas Eve special. I might even wear a Santa hat if I can dig one out uh, to look ahead to the West Ham United game. We'll be breaking it down. We'll be talking lineups. We'll be talking uh, predictions. We'll be talking statistics. We'll be talking uh, about the best way to take on David Moyes' side. Lots and lots to get into. Uh, so please make sure that you are subscribed and that you have your notifications turned on. That way you'll never miss a show. And uh, make sure you leave a like on the video. We've only got 57 likes. Come on. We should have at least 100 by the time the outro rolls. Leave a like. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Have a great Christmas Eve Eve. And I will see you all tomorrow for the Arsenal versus West Ham United preview right here on the Chronicles of Aguino. Until next time, take care. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.